Have you ever wondered how great leaders live a life worth remembering? Our guest, Dr. Jan Fried, says they create a breadcrumb legacy. This is also the title of her newly published book. Join us for episode 237 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. As always, our purpose for Growth Igniters Radio is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves, along with their companies, to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, Pam, let's get real here. It's already two weeks into 2023. Amazing. It is indeed. And so many people have made New Year's resolutions. We all want to live meaningful lives, lives worth remembering. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as the year plays out, it's so easy to get derailed by all the distractions and crises that pop up. And all too often, our New Year's resolutions fade away. And before you know it, the legacy we're trying for is derailed. Sad. It is sad. We first spoke with Dr. Jan Fried about this issue back in 2020. In our episode, The Secret to Living a Life of Meaning Every Day. And this went on to become a fan favorite episode. Jan shares elements of a concept and framework she developed that she calls the breadcrumb legacy. Well, her own breadcrumbs since then have led to a brand new book published by Routledge Press. It's called Breadcrumb Legacy, How Great Leaders Live a Life Worth Remembering. I was delighted to be a reviewer for Jan's book, and I definitely believe it's one to keep handy. She challenges us, no matter what age we are, to think differently about legacy. Uh -huh. So rather than something we start considering at the end of our lives or careers, she says we can create a life worth remembering starting today. That's right. The book is based upon Jan's philosophy, and it's combined with in-depth interviews with a variety of prominent leaders, and of course, her own stories. One of the things I found that was great about Breadcrumb Legacy is that it provides what Jan calls breadcrumb recipes, guidelines for living a life worth remembering one little bit at a time, so it's not a whole big thing. So in honor of the launch of Jan's new book, we're revisiting our conversation with her. You'll hear her share in her own words what it really means to create a breadcrumb legacy every day. Before we go to our conversation, how about a little bit of background on Dr. Jan? Okay. Dr. Jan Fried is Professor of Business Management Emerita and the Mark and K. DeCook Endowed Chair in Leadership and Character Development at Central College, Pella, Iowa. She's also an adjunct professor for the University of Iowa. Jan helps organizations improve employee engagement, navigate change management, and develop leaders of all ages and career stages. She's written or co-written five books and given two popular TEDx talks. 
She also hosts the podcast series, Becoming a Sage, where she interviews thought leaders about wisdom in work and in life. You can learn much more about Dr. Jan and get links to her books and other resources by going to growthignitersradio.com, selecting episode 237. And with that, let's pick up on our conversation with Dr. Jan Freed. Jan, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you very much. I'm honored to be here. This is such a, an important topic, and especially at this time. So tell us about this concept that you've developed called a breadcrumb legacy. What does it have to do with living a life of meaning every day? Well, that's a great question. What I'd like to do is maybe give you a little background how I kind of developed this or even came to this place in life. Um, so I was a college professor for 30 years, and I taught business management leadership at a small liberal arts college in Iowa. And in the course of that, I also started a research project. And um, in 2004, I had a sabbatical, and I was also an endowed chair in leadership and character development. So given that new endowed chair position, I undertook this leadership research project where I wanted to interview leaders or thought leaders, either people, practitioners or researchers, authors about leadership. And what was interesting, I like to tell this story just because it shows how persistent I think I am. My main strength, I don't tend to give up. So uh, Jim Collins had just written his book, Good to Great. And he was in Des Moines. It was about, I want to say, 2004. He was in Des Moines, and I went to hear him speak. And it, you know, it was like $100 a ticket or something. And I just took the day off, and I was the last person in line. And I said to him, you know, I'm going to be on sabbatical. Can I come study with you? Can I be an apprentice? Can I shadow you? And he kind of looked at me. He says, Well, what do you want? And I said, Well, I just want to talk about research and leaders, leadership. And then I pulled out, now this is 2004, so I carried a leather Franklin planner. Okay. So um, I pulled out my leather Franklin planner, and in there I had a one page article that from 1999 that I had been carrying around with me, written by Jim Collins and his pictures in the center. And I pulled this out and I say, I carry this article around with me everywhere. And he says, Okay, here's my business card, give me a call. So I called him and he said, I'll give you one hour of my time free. So he said, what do you want? And I said, well, yeah, I just, I, I need a research project. And he said, well, you know, there's so much being written. Everybody's seven habits of this and six principles of that. And he said, right. who's tying it together? He said, why don't you be that person who synthesizes what's going on? So I started that in 2000, you know, four or five. And interviewed more than 100, actually, some of the top thought leaders, Warren Bennis, William Bridges, Sally Helgeson, Marshall Goldsmith, Quite Margaret Wheatley. Right. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a pretty impressive group. And Pantheon. the longer the, well, the longer the list got, the easier it actually got to get people, because I would say I've interviewed these people to date. Right. So uh, fast forward, uh, I had a book come out in 2013 called Leading with Wisdom, Sage Advice from 100 Experts. And it was published by ATD, Association for Training and Development. And I think it's timeless. You know, it's not what I think. It's what I learned from interviewing all these people and analyzing the data. And each chapter is a theme. But one chapter in particular, when I would give talks on this book, the theme that resonated the most was one of the last themes, which was leaders live their legacy. 
And so I really went headfirst into this legacy work. At the same time I was analyzing the research for this book, I also went through a, a certification program to be certified as a saging leader. The organization is called Saging International, S-A-G-E dash I-N-G. Saging is kind of a fancy word for positive aging. Becoming but, a sage. Uh, becoming a sage. And that's the name of my monthly podcast is Becoming a Sage. Uh-huh. So I now I interview people about wisdom and, and leadership. All of this work made me realize that what I'm really drawn to is this whole idea of legacy and making a difference. And when I would integrate this work into to my corporate workshops, if I had five main components, this is the component that I would hear about on feedback. Like, I've never thought of my legacy. I've never considered it. And so I created this concept only recently, like in the last year, where I call it breadcrumb legacy. And the idea is that each day in every small way, we are leaving crumbs of our legacy, crumbs that people will remember. And they can Mm -hmm. be positive and they can be negative. And so I think that when we're more aware of what we're leaving behind and that this trail accumulates, it will improve how we live our life and how we can find meaning. And I think it's particularly relevant at this point in time with what's going on, because I think people are going to be searching for meaning and purpose and this treadmill and whatever we've been on. I think people want to get off and really focus on what matters most. I'm particularly struck by the fact that in my experience, a lot of people don't really understand that they are leaving a legacy. People go through life, they're doing things and not connecting that what you're doing today is going to impact your legacy. Now, you told me that you want to be the Dr. Ruth of the second half of life. What does that mean? Dr. Mm-hmm. Ruth is an expert on sexuality. She started out with a radio show. And so she was talking about sex in the 80s and 90s when when it was not really out in the open to talk about sex. Yeah. She was a pioneer and she was out there. You know, she was very open about we are human beings, we are sexual beings, and that regardless of your age, it matters that it's an important part of our life and we should embrace that and not be embarrassed. And so she kind of gave people permission to talk about it and to read about it. And uh, and what I find fascinating is that when I initially started using this phrase, you know, well, I'd really like to be the Dr. Ruth of second half of life. What I meant by that was, you know, I want to be writing books. I want to be speaking. I want to be, you know, out there talking about saging, positive aging when I'm in my 90s. That's what I meant. So this becomes your legacy. Is that right? That's right. Except here's what's fascinating. I was explaining this to a a friend of mine, lawyer friend of mine, and I used that phrase. And she said, oh, Jan, you are onto something. Because she said, most people don't want to talk about legacy or death and dying, or they don't want to think about the end. And they certainly don't want to talk about retirement in the workplace. So I've created workshops where I call beyond the money, meaning if you have enough money, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? But what got me thinking is she said, you're talking about, you want to talk about retirement and you want to talk about what's next, just like Dr. Ruth wanted to talk about sex when no one wanted to talk about it. So Mm -hmm. she said, I think you're onto something. It's an interesting vision. 
So what it comes down to is that we need to stay aware that every single day, whatever we do matters. And we need to be comfortable looking at ourselves now and saying, am I doing things that are going to create a meaningful life starting right now? And meaningful starts with mindful. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. what we're going to do is take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to dig deeper with Dr. Jan Fried about the keys to leading a life of meaning and starting to create that breadcrumb legacy. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. As always, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate momentum for game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. We're excited that Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper has been selected as a top podcast in the business, marketing, and tech category of the 2022 PopCon Podcast Awards. And just recently, we have also been named one of the top 100 podcasts from Thinkers 360 Thought Leaders, and we just saw their newest list and we're on the top 125 of those podcasts. So be sure to listen. Yeah. And if you're enjoying listening to this podcast, spread the good word. Just open Growth Igniters Radio on whatever podcast app you use, and please write a review. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Dr. Jan Fried about living a meaningful life and creating what she has termed a breadcrumb legacy. Jan, how can people find out more about you and your work? Oh, well, thank you. My website is janfried.com. That's Jan with two N's and Fried with two E's. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm also on Twitter. So those would be good ways. My email address, if people want to email me, it's janfried at janfried.com. So two N's and two E's on both sides. Okay. And you can see more by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 237. We started in the first segment that a breadcrumb legacy starts with awareness. But what's after that? How do you keep going about creating this legacy? And why do you call it breadcrumbs? Well, great questions. Um, Breadcrumb, because... One of the things that's interesting is in workshops, I'll say to people, when do we leave our legacy? And people will say, well, when we leave. And I say, well, when we leave what? And they'll say, well, when we leave the earth or we, you know, we leave a job, we leave a career. And I said, well, what about when we leave a meeting? What about when we leave an interaction, a conversation? I'm leaving some of my breadcrumbs with you and your audience today. And so people remember that. So I kind of go on that. But another point that I want to make, um, I'm actually working on a book with this uh, with this focus called Your Breadcrumb Legacy, how, to, how Leaders Can Live a Life of Daily Meaning. And in the process of writing this book, I kind of want to go back to uh, my leadership book called Leading with Wisdom, Sage Advice from 100 Experts. And in that book, I interviewed these thought leaders about leadership, and they ended up telling me about life. And so one of the conclusions I came after doing all that research and analyzing the data is it's hard to be a good leader if you're not a good person. Exactly. So my book is also about how to become a good person. In there, 
a big theme is uh, overcoming uh, death, you know, talking about embracing death and how when you do that, you're freer to live. Another chapter is on relationships and why it's so important to think about the relationships that you keep in your life um, mm-hmm. and mindset, which mm-hmm. you've mentioned, you know, being mindful and aware. So I've got a whole chapter on the mindset. One of the things that you and I were talking about was how early do you begin to start building this legacy? It's common wisdom to think about legacy issues. Oh, you're in the second half of your life. What do you want to leave? But you were saying to me, it could start much, much younger. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, and I can even give some evidence. Um, first of all, it starts today. And I think when you have that awareness, you live differently. Okay, so some of the people that are listening are 20-something years old, 30 years old. Does this apply to them too? Yeah, absolutely. When I was doing my research, I was still teaching at the undergraduate college. And so for probably five, six, seven years, I would integrate these concepts into my leadership course. And undergraduates, and it was a traditionally aged college student body, so 20, 21, 22, these students ate it up. In fact, one of the assignments that I have them do is to write their own eulogy. So death and dying, it was a very strong topic of my leadership course. At first, they don't understand it. But after we've done all the reading and discussing, and then all of a sudden, it's like, I see how the pieces fit together. And so at the very end of the course, and I did it at the end because I wanted a very safe environment because it's a mandatory assignment. They're going to share it with their classmates out loud, but it's not graded. So there's no right or wrong. It can't be good or bad. And there's no evaluative component. It's just you have to do it and you have to share it. And it was the most meaningful part of the course. And that came up over and over on feedback. So I call it forward thinking. That legacy thinking is forward thinking. And so my message is, if that's how you want to be remembered, then you need to start living your life like that today. What are the crumbs that you can be leaving today that will lead in that path? So as you talk to people, leaders and others, about this concept that you're building your legacy constantly for your entire life, what have they told you is their toughest obstacle? That's a good question. I would say probably death and dying, because our society as a whole, when it, when you talk about aging, and we're all aging every day, mm-hmm. but when you talk about it, so much of our society is on anti-aging whether we're talking chemicals or plastic surgery, or whether we're talking about 50s, the new 30, you know, 70s, the new 50. Uh You know, know, so much of what we hear, what we're bombarded with from society is anti-aging. And what I'm saying is we need to embrace who we are, use our wisdom, and particularly during these troubling racial tension times, sages need to share the wisdom because some of us lived through the 60s or, you know, the 70s. And we, we need to learn what's the best way to do this and not repeat some bad things in history. So that's where wisdom really comes into play. And so mm-hmm. in saging talk, we don't talk about how old we are. We talk about how many years of life experience. That actually impacts not only how you live your own life, but how you shape it for the people yeah. that you're leading. It's a different approach. Exactly. And that's another good point about legacy, because 
legacy, you know, what people remember about us, we may not think we're role models. And, you know, even if you look at it within your family, what are you modeling for them? If you're a grandparent or if you're a parent, what are you modeling? Are you modeling that we don't talk about these issues or are you modeling? It's okay to talk about these issues. You know, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll admit I got some therapy when I was raising three teenage sons at the same time, you know, I mean, I'll do it. um, Yeah. I mean, I would say I have a PhD and I have a PhD, but it's not in parenting. So, you know, I would go get wisdom when I needed it because that's not my expertise and parenting. And so, you know, we're all just kind of trial and error, right? But I also thought, though, that by going to a therapist and getting help when I needed it and having my kids get it when I thought they needed it, that was good parenting. I was modeling. It's okay to get Mm -hmm. help when you need it. And I think that'll be part of my legacy, that she wanted self-improvement. She wanted to get better. She wanted to learn. And I hope that they say that she gave us, my kids, permission to do the same. So I think we're leaving a lot of crumbs all the time. So all of that is legacy work. That's right. It starts with gaining awareness, goes on to build wisdom, create Mm -hmm. wisdom, experience in our lives, and to recognize that we are not just leading ourselves, but we are role models for everybody else that we're leading. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Dr. Jan Fried about immediately actionable steps that you can take to start building your breadcrumb legacy and a meaningful life every day. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in a rapidly changing world, Why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? As an author and advisor to successful CEOs who often face mysterious pushback to even their most compelling visions, this was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So, what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They have a mindset that enables them to embrace the leadership paradoxes that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. In my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World, I share stories and insights that can help you reach even greater heights of long-term success in your organization. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Dr. Jan Fried about living a life of meaning and creating what she's termed a breadcrumb legacy. Jan, how can people find out more about your books? Well, thank you for asking. Um, Probably the best way is to go to my website, which is janfried.com, two N's, two E's. 
I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I wrote three books on continuous improvement, focused on the college market. And then I wrote a book on Mexican women leaders called Women of Yucatan, 30 Who Dare to Change Their World. And that was an interesting project. Then my last book is called Leading with Wisdom, Sage Advice from 100 Experts. And of course, we will have links to Jan's uh, website as well on growthignitersradio.com, episode 237. So Jan, this is the part of our podcast when we discuss practical ways to bring the ideas that we've been discussing to life. And this time it's three immediately useful ideas for creating your breadcrumb legacy. What's, okay. What would be a tip? Well, I think one tip is, especially now, there's been a lot written about how people are updating their wills. And if they don't have a will, they're writing a will. Because I think this pandemic has brought front and center, there's a fine line between life and death, and you never know. Like mm -hmm. I know my husband and I, we revised our will. We have a will. We've had one for a long time, but we revised it about three weeks ago. So I think that's one thing. Let's talk about that a little more, because I think that what you're hitting on is a very important point. We need to be thinking about what it is that we are leaving. And if you're talking about being a leader, not only do you need to think about it for your family, you will also need to think about it for your company. So, Absolutely. you know, if you're thinking about how are you going to make sure that your family is okay, how are you going to make sure that your organization, your business yeah, can continue? Yeah, if there's a succession plan, you know, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, how clear is that? And exactly. You know, in fact, when I've done corporate workshops with senior leaders, I often say, let's say it's a small senior leadership team. I said, what if all of you were on a plane and the plane went down? Mm. You know, what's the plan? What happens if the key leader gets hit by a bus or falls over with a heart mm -hmm. attack? You know, what's the plan? So I think you're absolutely right. We have to think about what's best for the company. We have to think about what's best for you personally. What's in the second idea? A second idea that's very important in legacy work is what we call legacy letters. And a legacy letter can be written at any time, but it's similar to last letters home. And I tend to write legacy letters always on my son's birthdays. And now they're 34 and I have two at 31. So I've been doing this since, ever since I discovered the concept of legacy letter, which was probably about 2008. And so I just write to them what I want them to know at that point in time. And the message changes based on their age and where mm -hmm. they are. So if they're in college, I might be talking about friends and decisions and grades and professors. And if they're when they got out of college, it's career and, you know, and now and if they're in a relationship, it's what might matter in selecting a partner. The whole idea is writing what's important to you, getting it down in writing and sending it mm -hmm. um, so that they have that. That's a, another record. I think another tip is just being very aware, which goes back to mindfulness that before you go into a conversation, before you go into an interaction, is to just remind yourself, they're going to remember something about me after this conversation or after this meeting or after that decision's made. Mm -hmm. How do I feel about that? And being very self-aware. That's a very important point. It goes back to what we were talking about before I introduced you, which is we need to look in the mirror Mm -hmm. And we don't always do that. And so connecting, when you're looking in the mirror in the morning, who am I? What's being asked of me today? Yes. Uh, I was just uh, speaking with a friend who was saying, I want people to be asking, what is asked of me every day? 
And we don't do that. We're not reflecting enough. So your points are so on target about that. And if you were to connect what's being asked of you today with what you're talking about, that would be so powerful. Yes. No, I, I think so too. I mean, we all make a difference. I think this is a kind of a modified Jane Goodall quote, but it's something like, we all make a difference. What difference are you making? I like yeah. that. Because again, a legacy isn't all positive. And the other thing that I talk about is even though a legacy can accumulate over time, in a sense, it could change overnight. And, you know, I'm thinking of Charlie Rose or Matt Lauer or, you know, um, you know, people who have just fallen overnight. So I think that's also interesting, you know, that it might take a long time to climb up the mountain, but we can fall in a hurry. And it can go up again, too. (laughs) And it can go up again. And, you know, one one example that kind of sticks in my mind, in fact, Sometimes in my writing, I often use professional athletes as examples because athletes have to retire from their their career much earlier than most of us. I mean, if you're a gymnast, a professional gymnast like Sean Johnson, and she was from Iowa, you know, you might retire at 18. (laughs) But, you know, professional tennis players, soccer players, whatever, um, they have to retire earlier than most people. And what do they do with their life? So I think... You're right. People can rebound, but I think it takes work. That definitely takes work. It's a great way for us to leave this conversation is to think about the fact that there are things we can start doing every day right now. We have to think about the end that's in mind, but at the same time, live a life of meaning every day. Jan, thank you so much again for being our guest in Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you. I'm honored. Thanks so much, Jan, and thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, read Jan's bio in the episode transcript, or open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 237. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider. What am I going to start doing differently and even more importantly, stop doing so I can create a trail of breadcrumbs that leads to a legacy from a meaningful life? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.